you want this series for your spouse. You want this series for everyone in your life, but you're not sure you want it for you. Because all of those people need it, but I'm not sure about me. You see, I'm a man of God. You guys all down there in the pews, you need it, but I'm anointed. I don't need it. Baloney. Pastors are getting in trouble for the same reasons that people are getting in trouble. A couple years ago, one of the leading churches in America, one of the fastest growing churches in America in North Carolina, a mega church with multiple campuses, their pastor had to be fired not because he was drinking, but because drinking was destroying his life and destroying his marriage. This was a Southern Baptist progressive church who had got a hold of grace. And and let me just say, those of us who grew up with all of those restrictions, and we came out of that and we all said, thank God. And we should say, thank God. But we best be careful that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to be careful, church, that we, that we don't say, hey, now we're living in grace and anything goes because I'm here to tell you that from the pastor to the pew and everything in between, we're in trouble if we don't have some guardrails in our lives that we say, we're going this far and we're not going any further. I've got to have some guardrails. I've got to have some guardrails in my life. He, he could predict the course of his life. See, we're all good. We can see this so clearly in people outside of us. I can tell this story about somebody from work because they're no longer here. They've moved away. But, but uh, somebody that I was working with in another job, they came out of a very legalistic background, and they came out of that, and they were enjoying grace. And I, and, and I was watching. It was a husband and wife that both worked with us the wife just started dressing more and more provocatively at work. And then, and then um, there was one particular day I work in sales, and I was noticing that she was working with this young couple, selling them. And before you know it, the, the guy of the couple needed to go out for a smoke, so she went with them. And it was very clear. It was, it was being very, very flirtatious and all that. And she made a sale. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and... Uh, uh, they went through deeding, and when they came out of deeding, there's this waiting room. And, and I had made a sale that day, and when I came out, I, uh, I saw that she was sitting in an oversized chair with this other gal's husband. And the gal was sitting across the room. It was unbelievable. And, and, um, uh, and then I came the next day, the next the work the next day, and uh, she said, uh, she said, that couple invited me to go have a beer with them uh, after uh, we got done. And I said, blank, yeah, I'll go have a beer with you. And I don't know what happened after that. But all I know is that at work, it just got so clearly worse. And now their marriage is, as you can imagine, and they've moved back to a, another state. It was, you could just, it was just a predictable path that you could see. And we can see it clearly and everybody else, but except that I have a blind spot in my own life. And I think everybody else needs this stuff, 
but I'm good. I can handle it. I'm good. I can, I can, I can, I can handle my life. I can, I can handle my, I can handle myself. But Daniel predicted the course of his life, and he said, "You know what? If I don't have God, I've been watching this king. I've been watching this Nebuchadnezzar dude, and he has got the strategy." He gets us eating his meat, and he gets us drinking his wine. But the next thing you know, he's educating us. And the next thing you know, we're not even worshiping our own God anymore, and we're worshiping his God. And the next, because we've watched this pattern, and we've watched him do this all over the world, and and now he's doing it to us. And so we can see the predictable pattern that's happening here. And so you say, you know what? I'm stopping at the meat and the wine. I'm going to stop right here. I, I know I could justify that, and it seems like a long way back from danger, but I'm going to stop right there because I can see where this is heading in my life. God, if you're taking notes, God will use guardrails to direct the course of your life. God will use guardrails to direct. Guardrails are not just there to protect you. But you see, the reason that you know the story of Daniel is because Daniel set some guardrails in his life so that when things heated up and he got closer to the edge of the cliff, and now the king's not just saying, drink my wine and eat my meat, but the king is saying, I want you to worship me, and I want you to bow down to me. Daniel had been praying three times a day, and they made that against the law. But Daniel said, I don't care what everyone else does. I'm still going to pray three times a day. And so they caught Daniel praying, and you know the story. They threw him in the lion's den. I heard a wonderful sermon about this one time. Daniel's in the lion's den, and instead of the lion eating him, the lion is just like a kitten in there, and, and it's not bothering him. I heard a sermon entitled, God Takes Care of His Regular Customers. That wasn't the first time that Daniel had prayed. Daniel wasn't just praying some kind of crisis prayer, but he'd been praying to God three times a day. And when he got in crisis, this, God didn't have to look him up in a Rolodex to figure out who Daniel was. He knew who Daniel was. This is one of his regular customers. And you know the story how he is saved from from the lion. And then if you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know them because they were thrown into the what? Into the fiery furnace. Our kids are learning stories like that while we're over here. Great stories of the Bible that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they were asked to bow down uh, to the image uh, of their God. And they refused to bow. And, and they said, well, if you don't bow, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And if you know the story, it's a wonderful story. I love what the, what the three Hebrew children say. This is really important for us to hear today. They didn't say, we know that if we don't bow down, that God's going to save us and, and we're not going to die. They said, we know that our God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. I'm not for sale. I've looked at my life, and I'm not going to go that direction. I don't care what it costs me. I'm not going to go that direction. We know that God's able to save us, but even if he doesn't save me, I'm still not going to bow down. And you know the story. They throw them into the furnace, 
the furnace is so hot, they heat it seven times hotter, they're so infuriated, the people that threw them into the furnace were burned. A little while later, they hear that there's, these guys are having a party in the furnace. They send people down to inspect what's going on. They don't see just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they see a fourth one that looks like the Son of God. And I just want to say there's a now God part of your story. There's a now God part of your story where that if you do your part and you, and, and you take a step toward God, he'll direct the course of your life with it. I'll tell you a crazy story about my dad. My dad came from a family that were not Christians. My, my grandpa and grandma were good people, but they were just not church people. Their parents had come from Sweden. They'd come over here and they'd gotten acculturated into American society where you work hard, but you don't necessarily go to church. And uh, my grandfather uh, became an alcoholic. Um, and uh, he just um, um, really got himself in trouble with alcohol. And it almost cost him his family. And he didn't give his life to the Lord, but he just he just quit cold turkey one day because he realized if I keep it up, I'm going to lose everything. And so my grandfather was kind of a dry drunk, if you know what that is. Uh, he wasn't drinking, but had the personality of, of, of an alcoholic because he, he really didn't recover. He just quit. And, um, and grandmother was just a, a good woman. But, but there was a Sunday school teacher that would knock on doors and invite people to church. And they invited my, my dad uh, to go to Sunday school. But when my dad knew that they were coming, he would always try to run away before they got to the door. And one day he didn't get run away in time. And the guy knocked on the door and caught my dad at home and invited him to, to the uh, Wesleyan Methodist Church. And um, that teacher uh, just took my dad under his wings and became a mentor to my dad. And one day at, in the children's church over there, they gave an altar call and my dad knelt down by the furnace over there and gave his heart to the Lord. And then as a young teenager, he met my mother. His parents still weren't Christians. My dad's a great singer. That's one thing you should know about him. And he was a great singer and he was in the choir and had a lot of solos. And one day they were singing this song uh, from the famous uh, poem uh, Invictus. And there's a line in the song that goes like this. It says, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And my dad, in his little new Christian heart, said, I'm not the master of my fate. I'm not the captain of my soul. This is a crazy story. This is a guardrail story. This is, this is a guardrail story that some of you would think, this is silly that my dad just sing the song. It's just a song. But instead, my dad went to his choir director and he said, I'm not the master of my fate. I'm not the captain of my soul. I can't sing this song. And um, my dad said, they changed the song. They changed the song. Well, the reason I get a little emotional about that story is because God used those guardrails to direct who he would marry and then have children. And I'm not here today my dad's a teetotaler. We don't, we don't, we, we, you don't get a bunch of rules about that up here. But my dad's a teetotaler, not because he's 
against people that drink or preaches that it's a sin, but he watched what it did to his dad. And, and he, didn't want, he didn't want his life to be destroyed in the way that that was destroyed. Oh, by the way, I was there the day that when my dad started a church and my grandfather, who was the dry drunk, started coming to church just to support his son. And every time he would get under conviction, he would walk out and smoke a cigarette because he was nervous. But I'll never forget the day that my, my grandfather brought a grocery sack with clothes in it and surprised my dad at the end of the service and said, I want to be baptized at the end of that service. I was baptized the same day that my grandmother was baptized. My grandmother and I were baptized together. My grandmother gave my dad a kidney that saved his life, and my dad's alive today from a kidney transplant. But I'm just saying, guardrails are not just there to protect you, church. And and, and can I just say, and I say this with all importance today, you know, this series is almost over, and tomorrow, if you do nothing with this series, you can go back to the really important stuff, like will the Houston Astros beat the Dodgers in the World Series? What is President Trump going to tweet this morning? And uh, will Butch Jones be fired as the head coach of of Tennessee? Because that's the really important stuff, right? That that that's That's what the world wants us to think. But there's some directional choices that are being made today. A cousin of my cousin, Logan, is he here? He was here in the first, he he didn't run away before his baptism, did he? All right. He's here. Logan, who said he had not willingly stepped foot in a church in years, moves in a way to Knoxville to get away from family and all of that kind of stuff, and he lands right a block away from where the cousin of his cousin is pastoring a church. And I found him on Facebook, and I just said, hey, I'll show you around Knoxville. What can I do for you? He came to church. He's now a part of our small group. He's growing in the Lord. And I'm just telling you, he's making a choice today by being baptized. It's a directional directional choice in his life. I didn't mean to tell this, but I was Uber driving this week. And I had a really cool guy in my car that was in his 60s. And um, he was a language major at SIU, SIU, at University of Tennessee. SIU is where I used to pastor. University of Tennessee. And I said, well, do you ever hear of Eulen Washburn? <laughs> Eulen Washburn? You mean the press, the, 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 the professor that looked like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash guy? <laughs> the guy with and the long hair? The guy that we could smoke in class? Eulen Washburn! I said, that's the guy. And I said, you know what? I know Eulen. In fact, let's call him right now called Eulen, and one of Eulen's former students got to talk to him. And I got to say to Eulen's student, Dr. Washburn has had a radical change in his life. Eulen's got weird guardrails. 
He wears ties and jackets. Doesn't recommend it for anybody else. But it's his thing. When I go to church, I'm going to... And this was the hippie professor. He was. He, he would tell you that. Am I trying? He would tell you that about himself. Good looking. Boy, that's all changed. <laughs> Just kidding. Julian made some choices that set the direction of his life he doesn't make those guardrails, if he doesn't find Jesus and start putting up some fences, things change. And I've, I've looked down the road and, and I've looked at what this culture is trying to do. And the culture is not trying to destroy our young people. It's trying to, it's trying to um, um, flatter our young people say, man, you're good. You eat the king's meat. You drink the king's wine. We'll, we'll re-educate you. That crazy stuff you heard at Life Church, those stories. <laughs> Have some $200 wine here. Have some filet mignon. Hey, hey, let's, let's re-educate you. Let's teach you that everything that you learn doesn't really matter anymore. And Daniel said, by the way, you need to hear this, church. If this doesn't happen, there is no book of Daniel. This is how the book of Daniel. Do you want your life to count? Because somewhere, whether it's for our reading or not, there's a book of Brian. There's a book of Eulen. And I, and I just want to stay on this because I know we're going to be talking about other stuff and thinking about other things tomorrow. And we think this is for everybody else. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Now God showed favor we go back and read the scriptures at the end of that passage look what happens to these four young men God gave knowledge and understanding and all kinds of literature and learning this is not the power of carrots this is not the power of green beans this is the now God part of the story Understanding all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. God gifted him with spiritual gifts. And then in, in 119, the king talked to them. And he found none. They gave him an ACT test. They scored 35s. Said there was none equal to Daniel. They gave him the physical test. They did more push-ups. They did more pull-ups. They were healthier. They were stronger. There was a now God part of the story. I challenge you today. I challenge you today. The Lord challenges you today. Don't let this pass you by without saying it's for my kids, it's for my spouse, it's for everybody else. 
for us. But Daniel resolved. This is my closing argument. You're going to hear it. <laughs> You're going to hear this in the future in other ways and other illustrations. But during this series, Proverbs 11.3, we'll close with this. The integrity of the upright guides them. It guides them. The decisions you make, people who want to do the right thing, that's who the upright are. Their integrity guides them, directs their lives.